Hello and welcome to the ChemCycle podcast that transports cycling from Cambridge, the UK's leading cycling city. I'm Hester Wells. And I'm Al Storer. topic we're talking about this week is dockless bike hire. There have been a number of schemes that have launched over the last few weeks in Cambridge and London and Manchester, each with a, a different company uh, buying the uh, dockless bike share. Uh, in the, the first one to launch was in Cambridge uh, with Offal. We first heard about this coming at the start of the year, and we were a little bit worried with the initial uh, the, the initial publicity. They said they had 400 bikes coming to Cambridge, uh, and they were going to have them all on the streets at the start of April. And at the time, we we did raise that we were look that we had concerns because Cambridge has problems with bike parking in the city centre, uh, having lots of lots more bikes suddenly appear could be a problem. There's also been problems with these with companies such as Ofo in China uh, and their and their competitors with wild stories of with pictures of mountains of bike share bikes. Uh, so we we were we were concerned but they uh, they did seem to, and the uh, the city council were concerned as well. They raised uh, they raised the same issues. In the end, Offo actually launched with twenty bikes, uh, all initially based on private property, as a pilot trial instead of uh, having lots of them. The bike is quite basic, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, we've got coming up uh, my. Recording as I was hiring uh, an Ofo bike, and uh, during that, I'll tell you a little bit about the uh, uh, the equipment on the bike and how it rides. So, one of the things is why dockless bike share. So, obviously, in uh, London and Paris and Barcelona and other major cities, we've got. Um, bike hire with uh, docks on the street so you always take a bike from a dock and return it to a dock. Uh, that's quite um, expensive um, in terms of how you roll it out um, and indeed one of the reasons for uh, the, the bike share that's a uh, dockless bike share that's appeared in London has been in one of the boroughs that doesn't have uh, TfL's uh, official um, bike share scheme uh, further out and, and that's definitely a, a limitation on uh, London at the moment. Um, I'd also kind of like to talk a, a bit about um, bike hire uh, generally because certainly I find that existing rental model in Cambridge doesn't really suit me. Obviously I have my own bike so I don't have uh, a huge need to uh, rent bikes um, but uh, on the occasions I do it would be because my bike is broken down. Um, uh, but one of the major uses I do have is when friends and family come to visit and I'm used to cycling everywhere and um, it would be nice if they could cycle with me but I find that uh, firstly the bike hire shops have got limited opening times and they're often not open on Sunday at all so if they've got someone staying the weekend you can't return uh, a bike that you've hired um, and also uh, by the time I've walked into town with them for 40 minutes you're in the centre of Cambridge suddenly there's not really much point in hiring a bike uh, so so I can certainly see the um, appeal for something that's more um, dispersed where you can pick one up um, where you live and use it and also um, 
Uh, it also opens up the possibility for one-way trips, which is not something you get with conventional cycle hire. Um, so if for whatever reason I, I have a bike and it's in working order, but I only want to cycle in one direction, um, I can do that um, in a way that obviously I can't with my own bike, which I have to return home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I find the same problem, uh, especially the the Sunday problem. Uh, the bike, bike hire shops that are open on Sundays tend to close very early, so to four o'clock or so. So, so it, it really limits you what you can do if it's if you've uh, got visitors for a weekend uh, because they need to either yeah they need to get their bikes back before you really want to uh, to to finish up for the day. Uh, so systems that can actually allow you to have your bikes in the evening and. Uh, for visitors to be able to get later trains, if they're getting, say, a later train back to London or uh, or off to an airport or something, then, uh, yeah, that systems that would actually help for that would be very welcome. Uh, they, so I think so, so, something needs to be done to, to uh, in the, the, the words of the, uh, the entrepreneurs these days, disrupt the current model. I, I think there is space for some other model of, of rental bike hire, whether dockless... Uh, bike share is it um, I think still remains to be seen uh, I can think of other use cases so people who maybe drive to Cambridge um, for their work because of the kind of distances they need to travel but then would be willing to use a bike within Cambridge to go to the shops or go for lunch um, but obviously they don't already have a bike with them because they drove or even to go to a meeting somewhere else within Cambridge uh, it, it can be a bit spread out. People do go to, to meetings with other businesses at other sites in their own business. Uh, so being able to to bike between those sites would be uh, would be quite useful. So I think there's definitely um, a place for uh, this kind of ad hoc um, bike use. Uh, so do, do we think that the Dockless hire model uh, could fill that space? It possibly could. So that the dock hire model, like uh, so, a lot of people will be familiar with the Boris bikes in London, has quite a lot of advantages as a user because you know exactly where the bikes are going to be. Uh, you can even look on an app to see whether there are bikes at that that dock. Uh, so the, there's a certain level of certainty about the system. That, that's one of the things the Alpha bike doesn't have at the moment. It doesn't have GPS, so that you can't. Yeah, uh, find the bikes. Yeah. Um, I just happen to know that there are constantly some uh, left on the science park at the moment, so I could go and, and hire one, but otherwise uh, you wouldn't know where to find them. But even some of the other schemes um, do have GPS, but there have been problems that it's not necessarily uh, a sig- sufficient degree of accuracy to find yeah. a bike in a, a dense city. Yeah, uh, as I understand it on the other schemes, they don't necessarily have a GPS on the bike still. They're they're still just relying on the the last location that a user stopped their hire at, so they're still using the GPS on people's phones. It's because GPS trips use a lot of power. Uh, they, they would quickly run out of battery if they're running a, a full-time tracker and something transmitting to, to the network to uh, to to locate them. So, that, so you still get some uncertainty. You, you might see that a bike is supposedly where where you, uh, you might have a map that says there's a bike somewhere but that doesn't always mean that there is uh. and I think there have been problems uh, also with people 
uh, you're, you're not supposed to leave the bikes on private property. You're supposed to leave them in public so other people can find them and use them. But there have already been instances of people taking them into their gardens so that they know that they're there and available to use. And uh, that is part of the problem. If you're going to start relying on this as part of the makeup of, of city transport, you need to know that there are plenty of bikes and that they will be available when you need them. Otherwise, it, it very quickly um, falls apart if you uh, don't know it's going to be available. Yeah. Often we've said that, they're try- that they are able to track this themselves. They, they, their app might not actually have the locations, but their central system does. And they did have someone that uh, that had taken their bike into the garden. Uh, the, it was one of their staff that they phoned up and rang uh, whilst he was asleep and woke him up and uh, w- went to retrieve the uh, bike from his garden. Uh, so the system does work. They can mm-hmm. contact uh, users and go, Oi, you've parked this in a, uh, the wrong place. I suppose it's potentially a problem with both the, the dock down dockless that if you uh, leave the bike, you know, if you're taking the bikes to the shops and uh, you go inside the shop for 10 minutes, you come out and your bike has been hired by somebody else in the meantime, suddenly you don't have your mode of transport to get back. Yeah, uh, with a system that's as dense as the the London dock bike hire system, that's not a problem because, or not so much of a problem because there's so many bikes, there's so many docks. But yeah, certainly as it stands with uh, with Offal and Cambridge, because there's they've now got more than the initial twenty bikes, but there's still not very many. So yeah, you do run that very real risk that uh, it, <laughs> you're not going to have transport in uh, five minutes' time if you've uh, ended your hire period. Um, as you mentioned earlier, one of the concerns is the availability of cycle parking in Cambridge. There's already um, not enough cycle parking for uh, people who have their own bikes and uh, there is a concern that um, although the OFA bikes are not designed to be attached to cycle parking you could still find that people use that as a convenient place to leave bikes um, out of the way of uh, pavements Um, and there also have been uh, concerns where people don't leave them in um, cycle racks that then they're an obstruction um, to be honest, if you could find significant space in Cambridge to uh, leave a, a doctor's hire bike, I'd want to know why there isn't cycle parking there anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. Certainly in the city centre, that's a that's a big problem, and in some of the the narrower back streets in Cambridge as well. I think uh, if people start leaving them on the, the the already narrow pavements there, because so much of the space has been taken up with car parking, that uh, yeah, we run out of any space for pedestrians, which is not good we don't want we, we want to be nice to the pedestrians we're all pedestrians at some point uh, so yeah the, the, those are the problems that we thought there might be and very recently uh, there's been two big schemes have launched one in Manchester and one in London uh, so Mobike in Manchester had a big glitzy launch with the council uh Although the council didn't put any money into the into actually setting up the system, it, they they seem to have given it given it its blessing. But there's already been a lot of reports of bikes in canals, bike uh, generally bikes being moved from where people have left them. So you have that problem of going there should be a bike here. There's not one because someone's run off with it. 
not necessarily able to use it because they've got a Bluetooth lock on that's going through the wheel and that would be quite hard to defeat but yeah people seem to be uh, less than public spirited about the uh, scheme there so far it might just be teething problems it might all work out but so far yeah it's uh, it's not working well uh, the uh, the Guardian's Helen Pitt uh, had written a couple of articles but her her late last one was uh, had the headline uh, Manchester's bike share scheme isn't working because people don't know how to share, which is perhaps a little unfair on the uh, good people yeah. of Manchester. But uh, and she is, yeah, she, she lives there. She's from there. But uh, she, yeah, it it does sum up some of the uh, the, the problems. It's been similar in London with O Bike, uh, and I think a couple of the the boroughs where O-Bike have put their bikes have taken action against them as a public nuisance and basically banned the O-Bike from their boroughs, which is, again, perhaps a bit much of an overreaction, but uh, I think was coming because they didn't they didn't engage with the borough, uh, with a lot of the boroughs. They didn't uh, they didn't try to work out how they could fit into the streetscape uh, and, and fit into the borough. I mean, ultimately, I'm in favour of anything that um, enables more people uh, to cycle. And we've already outlined some of the um, situations where conventional bike hire uh, is uh, not enabling people to cycle and uh, and um, use cases which aren't being met. Um, I know some, some people have said are concerned about... Um, doctors uh, bikes taking up cycle parking I mean in a sense if people are using bikes and then leaving them there that that is what the cycle parking is provided for I suppose what we don't want is uh, bikes just being dumped there and not moving for days on end on a stand which could otherwise um, cater for dozens of people um, using their bikes and moving them Um, so uh, so long as the scheme is being used and people are actually able to use it it seems like a a good thing that more people cycling. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the pictures that I've seen from London and Manchester of supposed clutter of bikes have been on very empty looking, very wide pavements where um, my reaction is a bit like yours. It's, well, fit some cycle parking there. It'll be it'll look neater if you do. Uh, and people with normal, with, with their own private bikes will be able to use it as well. Uh, so, but that does highlight a bit of an issue that these companies apart from possibly councils take out injunctions and public nuisance orders against them they can just turn up set up uh, without putting any investment into the area they they, they don't have to invest in infrastructure uh, for the uh, uh, for their system so you know if if councils start building extra bike parking to accommodate this that's yeah it's possibly something they should be doing anyway but it's a it's a cost that the council wasn't previously willing to to pay and is almost being forced into a corner by a private company that's not not pulling their weight in that way uh, by comparison the the dot schemes so I heard about there's a new one in Brighton and I think they're saying it's something like three thousand pounds per bike for the scheme 
which shows include to include the docks as well as the the bikes, but it shows quite how much these docked type schemes do actually need in initial investment. So the the dockless has that kind of oh some private companies coming along and basically providing it for free, uh, but but there are but yeah they're using public resources they're using public to resources but to, to do it you know they they they. they it's not completely, uh, yeah. It's not completely without a cost to the uh, to the local area. I mentioned earlier uh, when talking about the bikes, uh, a couple of uh, problems with it. I believe you've seen uh, an updated version of the bike that changes, uh, yeah, correct, yeah. fixes some of the problems. Yeah. So Offal came along to the July Camcycle meeting uh, to show off their new the uh, their Mark II model for Cambridge. Uh, so yeah, it looks a uh, quite a changed bike. So rather than the battery-powered lights that they hastily fitted because uh, they they realised that they did actually need to uh, help people comply with the law, this actually has dynamo lights fitted that operate automatically when you move the bike, have a standover function so you're not left without lights when you stop uh, stop at junctions. They've got a luggage rack on them, so so you've got somewhere to put your bag. Uh, and they've got a much more adjustable seat post, so it's got so it's got a much much longer range of adjustment to accommodate taller people with a different handlebar that's a slightly better position. It's not quite as uh, up in your face handlebars, uh, so 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 a bit more of a natural position. That was one of the comments that uh, Dave made when he uh, tried out the bike that I had hired. Uh, he's uh, broader than I am, and he almost felt that he was grabbing onto the ends of the handlebars, and that he um, it was quite a sort of hunched position for him. Yeah, so so I think they they have learned. They've listened to some of the feedback, uh, and uh, yeah, it and it looks it it looks a slightly more solid frame as well. It, sort of, it looks uh, just a slightly higher quality bike, which. Uh, Again, I think that's been one of the criticisms of, especially the Mo bikes in Manchester, that they're very, the ones that they've launched there are very cheap and plasticky. That that's been coming in for a lot of criticism. They people don't feel that they're robust and will last, which isn't necessarily uh, the problem of people actually hiring them. That's a problem for the company, but uh, yeah, it it perhaps doesn't give them a good image. Uh, I. The other side of, of it is um, the actual ease of hiring. So I uh, did record a section of uh, how uh, I got on with hiring the bikes and then I accidentally deleted it. So instead I shall just tell you now, um, I only successfully hired the bike on my third attempt. Uh, the first two I tried to put in the code that came up on my phone, um, which is kind of the, the manual way to do it, and both times the lock failed to release. Um, and third time I used uh, the Bluetooth on my phone to unlock the, the lock which worked fine uh, but that does mean I've potentially paid for two trips there that I didn't actually go anywhere um, I'm also finding the uh, the app quite hard to understand I t- seem to have a, a coupon that should have been active but wasn't and um, I'd heard that it cost 50p but the app shows that I've spent one dollar unhelpfully um, so I think there's still work to do on uh, these use of the app, and uh, there's certainly uh, no easy way to to contact, uh, apart from an email address, 
uh, if, for example, I wanted to ask for a, a refund for those trips I wasn't able to take. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that actually highlights one potential issue with these, especially with the dockless schemes, is that they are only uh, available to people with an appropriate phone. Uh, so I think Offal's only, the, the app's only on iPhone and Android. Uh, Which until very use, uh, recently I wouldn't have been able to use. Yeah, so so people that uh, do still use, uh, that, that, that choose to use something other than Apple or Android are uh, unable, and anyone that doesn't have a mobile phone uh, definitely can't use them. By contrast, the London bike hire scheme, you can just hire bikes at the terminals using a debit or credit card, so you can't, so you don't have to uh, use an app. So now most people that are at, most of the target market for these are going to have a smartphone these days. I think most uh, there's only a very few people that uh, aren't going to, but but it is uh, it does still exclude uh, some potential customers. So in, in Cambridge, at least, um, there are some pluses to both. Uh, remains to be seen how it's actually uh, uh, works out, uh, especially as they get more bikes into the city. Uh, yeah, uh, because at the moment, the, the number of bikes they've got can't be sustainable. They, they, they don't have enough bikes to be to be making money to pay their uh, own staff's wages. So, or, or to be useful to the or, public. Or to be useful <laughs> to the public. Uh, so... They're going to need to to put more bikes on the street. Uh, this might lead to to some of the problems, but hopefully, if they if they keep going gently, I think it's a good good way of putting it. With it, I, I'm hopeful they'll avoid too many problems. Hester took one of the bikes out for test ride. Apologies for the poor audio quality. Uh, there's no gears. I have just taken it over the A14 to Milton to try taking it up a hill. Um, it was fine. Um, it managed might be a struggle for some people cycling. Uh, the bike generally feels a bit sluggish. I'm not sure what to put that down to. It might be the solid tyres, um, which don't have tubes in so that they can't get punctured. Uh, the bike does have a bell is useful on the very busy Sherdews path we just came along. Um, it's also the saddle doesn't go very high. It's currently on maximum and I'm five foot seven and to be honest I could um, I would prefer slightly more height on the saddle to be able to uh, really get a more comfortable riding position. Um, that could definitely be a, a limiting factor for people who are uh, bigger using these bikes. The bike does have uh, lights, albeit the original prototypes we saw did not. After we mentioned this, some lights have been put on the bike. You need to uh, press them to for them to light up. I don't know uh, if they're being maintained. We are told that they will be equipping them with dynamo, dynamo lights in the future, which is really what you want on these kind of hard bikes. You don't want people to have to uh, carry their own lights with them or have the lights be out of battery when you come to use the bike. We've just found the button for the back light and that works as well. So at the moment at least, this is fully equipped. I've just returned my OFO bike. Uh, at the moment, the timer still seems to be running, even though it's locked up. So I'll have to see in a moment uh, what happens with that. Uh, a couple of final remarks. Uh, there's nowhere to carry uh, bags or anything on the bike. 
I, I happen to be carrying a handlebar bag, which does fit on them, but most people will not have cycling specific bikes, uh, bags like that. So there's nowhere, no basket, nowhere to put panniers, um, nothing like that. Overall, as I say, a sluggish ride, but it's, it's what it needs to be. It's um, robust and easy to use for short trips in ordinary clothes. Um, as I say, a basket would be a, a real enhancement. Dynamo lights um, would also uh, take some uncertainty out of it. And, uh, but the process of hiring and docking at the moment is quite clunky, and as it is, I'm going to have to ask for a refund for the first couple of aborted trips. So, uh, in this section, what have you seen on your commute this week, Hester, that's uh, interesting or annoying or otherwise uh, entertaining you? Unfortunately, this week I do not have happy tales of, of geese or, or something fun and, and life-affirming that I've seen on my commute. No cows. <laughs> no cows. Instead, um, uh, I've seen one of the things that I, I actually see every week, which is uh, cars parked... Uh, in a cycle lane that um, is on my commute uh, they are parked legally in the cycle lane because there's nothing to stop people parking there although they are also half parked on the pavement most of the time uh, partially blocking the pavement which isn't great um, so these are actually brand new um, cycle lanes on Green End Road in Cambridge but it's a common problem uh, that they have these uh, cycle lanes put in as a facility for cycling and then there's nothing to stop people uh, parking in them and uh, totally removing uh, their use. Uh, although these are reasonably narrow um, cycle lanes and they are effectively just painted, they're not segregated, I still think that my personal experience had been that people were giving a bit more room, that having that space allocated um, for cycling, um, I felt uh, a bit more comfortable cycling on that road until you get to a, a car in the cycle lane and then you have to uh, merge with uh, traffic and uh, you don't have your dedicated space anymore and then it's worse than useless and uh, you just end up, I end up cycling in the middle of the road instead because pulling in and out of cut, uh, parked cars reduces my visibility and predictability so it's better to just stay in the road for the uh, whole length uh, which is not really the uh, intended uh, result of putting in cycle lines. Yeah, uh, there, there is a proposal to put in double yellow lines along some of these cycle lanes, but not all of it, uh, uh, with one particular problematic section not getting, uh, not getting useful restrictions on parking, and local councillors seem to be defending this decision. On our last podcast, we uh, talked about uh, the cycling facilities to and at uh, the new railway station in Cambridge, Cambridge North, um, and our conclusion was it was actually pretty good, but we would have to stay alert to uh, any uh, changes to the area that would make it less good. And within days of recording our podcast, there was a new planning application that makes it much, much worse. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so the uh, developer for the the area around the station, uh, Brookgate, who have, whose previous work has not been received entirely positively at uh, Cambridge Station, 
they want to put in uh, along one side of the new station square or taxi rank as uh, anyone else would call it a uh, an office and commercial shop shops building the shops would open straight on to or shops or possibly coffee shops would open straight on to what's currently a cycleway separate from pedestrians uh, and there might be tables and chairs outside of uh, the, the, the coffee shops which isn't great when that's a cycleway at the moment so they so Brookgate and their wisdom want to take that cycleway away and route it round the back of the building with an additional crossing of uh, of the busway that's got some extra right angle turns in it it's a longer route it's a wigglier less direct route it's not anywhere near as good as uh, what is actually built on the ground at the moment. We are quite angry about this. You can see on our website uh, we've got a blog post about this and any detail and the details that you need if you want to uh, to put in an objection. So even when we get nice things, people take them away again. This has been the second episode of the CamCycle podcast. Uh, you can find us at CamCycle on Twitter and on Facebook and www.camcycle.org.uk on the web. Uh, the views of Hester and I are not necessarily the uh, policy of CamCycle. Thank you. Thank you.